When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This podcast is part of the Robots Radio Rocket Club, a program designed to help all podcasts reach their full potential. For information about joining the Robots Radio Rocket Club, check out robotsradio.net. Welcome back to another episode of Two Girls, One Ship, the podcast where we analyze, rate, and review all that the world of video game romances has to offer. I'm Genesis, the girl who is happy to give a final fuck you to 2022. Fuck off (laughs) so hard. Yeah. If you're new here, welcome to the beautiful chaos. But you should know that our podcast centers on character and romance analysis and doesn't shy away from exploring the fun of fucking or from the deep emotional connections built between two characters using specific in-game dialogue. So if you want to stay spoiler-free, this isn't the podcast for you. So here's your fucking spoiler alert. Thanks for the spoiler alert, Sam. And just like with all of our previous episodes, we'll assume that you have some background knowledge of the game and character in question. But we will be providing context for those of you who may be unfamiliar. Today will be a little different. My bestest girl is going through some heartbreak right now and needs all of your light and laughter sent her way. Love you, babes. And this is my first shot at scripting a full episode, so be nice. It will be different on so many levels. I'm not doing our normal deep dive in analysis, but instead I called upon a nerd of great magnitude. A guy I met at the Portland Retro Gaming Con in October of 22. While he isn't explaining the cultural significance of the Final Fantasy series, Andrew Henderson can be found most days hiding indoors from the oh-so-scary outside world. But don't (laughs) write him off just yet. The man has beaten all three Dark Souls games. So there you go. He is (laughs) also one of the four co-hosts of the Debate This podcast. Andrew! Welcome in. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. I am so excited to have this conversation today. <sighs> me too. Uh, <laughs> uh, let our shifters know a little bit more about you and your podcast. 
Yes, uh, certainly I'd love to. So I am one of four hosts of Debate This. We are a comedy podcast that talks about games and comic books. Um, I definitely am more on the game side, but I have in the in the last year or so dabbled a little bit in comics. Uh, so our whole thing is we ask questions about games and comics that no one has ever bothered to ask. Like, what's the best color of Yoshi? Or if Kirby ate a boss from Metal Gear Solid, what would happen? And how wild would it be if he just started shooting out spirit ravens? Metal Gear Solid's weird. Anyway, <laughs> that's debate this. Um, we've been doing it for shit, like five almost, years. We're hitting this is year six. So, yeah. yeah. So five year anniversary. Um, yeah. And, you know, all, all the major podcast apps, you can find us. Find us there. And <laughs> I am so happy that I did because I needed a good po- comedy podcast in my life and the fact that i found a mm-hmm. gaming comedy <laughs> it's just perfection oh, um, well thank you and it's and it's been great getting to meet you and getting to, i've been listening to all your stuff too um i love mass effect i love all of the characters in mass effect that was such a formative game for me formative series for me uh because i am the rpg guy i'm the real i'm the crunchy rpg guy um so listening to to you uh, you and v relitigate miranda lawson uh was very entertaining uh i have a lot of thoughts <laughs> and you know having played that game when i was 15 of course i romanced the the woman from chuck um <laughs> so yeah and like i love i love your show as well so this was this was great we were finally able to do this oh thank you I also love the fact that you reference Final Fantasy in your little online blurb because that's what we're here to discuss tonight. The it amazing... has become my personality. <laughs> yes, you are the Final Fantasy guy. I am mm-hmm. the Mass Effect girl. Yeah. I... <laughs> yeah. Actually, I think right now I've kind of delved into I'm just the romance girl and I'm okay with that. <laughs> I, I think that Venn diagram can be a circle. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I only know of one person out of like the hundreds of people that I have talked to that play Mass Effect that's just like, eh, I don't really romance anybody. And I'm like, who yeah. are you? Well, it's like Dragon Age. Like, why else are you playing the game? Oh, okay. Who are your Dragon Age romances? I must know. I'm, I've not played Dra- Dragon Age. I'm so <gasps> sorry to disappoint. I've not played it. I know. Okay. Uh, but who are but- your three Mass Effect? Uh, well, I, if you would have asked me when I was 16, it was Miranda. Uh, now I think it's probably, well, it's obviously Garrus. Because <laughs> mm. Garrus is, Garrus is the only answer. Um, I really like Tally as a character. She's really fun. Um, and then, uh, oh, I also, I also romanced, um, Liara. Which, again, is like very much the vanilla romance. Mm-hmm. Um, but when she comes back as the shadow broker, she's rad. She's rad as hell. And I do like Liara Broken Bad. I do yes. like that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely prefer Liara in three than I do to yes. her in one. Yeah. Big time. And the first Mass Effect tangent has happened. Let's get back to Final <laughs> Fantasy. <laughs> and specifically Final Fantasy X. And I want to say those words again because there has been debate on your show. It is not Final oh Fantasy God. X. No. It is not get Final the Fantasy X. Out of here. It's not. It's not Mega Man X. <laughs> it's 10. 10 and 10-2. Those are the yes. two games. Okay. 
<laughs> so I'll do a little background on the characters we will be talking first. Uh, Yuna and Titus. There's also controversy over the pronunciation of it. I was going to ask, are you a Titus or a Titus? I'm a Titus. You're a Titus. Okay. I I always said it Titus in my in my brain. Like, cause it's like the tide, like he's mm-hmm. water theme. It's like the, t- the coming tides, right? Um, apparently Square Enix has, has said officially it's Titus, but like, okay. Yeah. There becomes a point where the populace's headcanon can overwrite what the game yeah. devs say. Yeah. Aerith versus Eris, for example. Yeah. It's Titus. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but but first let's go over Yuna, and I'm going to be throwing a lot of proper nouns out out there that may or may not make sense to everybody. There's a lot of words and names. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Um, but I also don't want to go into like the deep history of the game because Final Fantasy has so much lore behind it to begin with, and so I'm just going to assume that you've played a Final Fantasy game, and if you haven't, go play this one. Yeah. It's it's the one when people ask me, like, hey, I want to start playing Final Fantasy. Which one should I play? I always say this one because I think it's the most accessible. Mm. And I think it's one of the most maybe not the I don't think it's like the most complex story, but I think it's the most approachable. Agreed. Definitely. And the puzzles in it are not so difficult that you can't figure them out. Um, yeah and combat is you can combat is fun you can get through the whole thing and not spend an exorbitant amount of time unless you're going for ultimate weapons but yeah you can you can blow through it in a reasonable amount of time Mm -hmm. yeah all right so the lady yuna yuna is the daughter of high summoner Braska. She's honest and determined, and she embarks on a pilgrimage to obtain the final Aeon through Yevon's teachings and defeat the big bad, Sin, a monstrous creature that terrorizes the world of Spira. She meets Titus, who teaches her that there is more to life than sacrifice. Yuna is kind, loyal, polite, and passionate humanitarian who strives to seek the best in others and has a strong conviction to complete whatever task she feels is her duty. She is naive, always believing in the best of people, and places the needs of others above her own, becoming apologetic when she feels she has let someone down. She hides her feelings of fear and sadness while encouraging her friends to express themselves in her place. She's willing to carry others' burdens and sacrifice everything she has to destroy sin, giving up on chances for her own happiness if it means helping others. Her interactions with Titus make her question Yevon's teachings and become more direct and open. When her faith in Yevon is shaken, Yuna must find her own path in life and pursue her goals without the backing of faith. Yeah, Yuna... Yuna's the best character, right? Like... I mean, in my opinion, I think that's Yuna is the best character in this game. She's one of my I think she's one of the best characters in Final Fantasy. Honestly, um, she's always been one of my favorites. And, you know, what I and we've we've already done the spoiler. Like the thing about Yuna, right, is this whole adventure. You, the player, don't know this, but like she knows that she is going to die. Like she is she has lived her entire life knowing that she is 
has been born and bred and raised to be a sacrifice which Mm -hmm. like that's fucked up that sucks yeah (laughs) that sucks but you know and she she's like this is my purpose you know this is what i'm gonna do and there is this layer of you know the fact that everybody everybody knows this throughout the game there is this layer of like nobody wants to get close to her because they don't want to either they don't want to they don't want the the heartbreak but also they don't want to like find themselves stopping her from doing this thing you know right and so the other characters all know this but titus doesn't because he's new to the world Mm-hmm. And so that brings in. And nobody tells layer. him. Like a bunch of assholes. <laughs> like nobody just tells him. Yeah. <laughs> like, hey man, here's the deal. And it's not like she she's not the only summoner out there. She is fighting to mm-hmm. be the one to make the sacrifice. Yeah. Right. So yeah, so we should probably say this there is an entire team or group of people who are out there training to die to save this this dying world. Only for a short period of time, though, because Only sin always period. comes back. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> so fucked up. And it's why yeah. I love it. <laughs> yeah, it's great. It's great because, you know, and, and she's she's doing this because her dad did it. You know, Braska was the hero of Spira and he he did this whole thing and he went on this this great pilgrimage and he brought he brought 10 p- years of peace and like that this entire world lives on the brink of death and they're like all they can do is hope for this small the small increments of of peace not for the giant demon whale in the sky to go away but just to like not come back for a bit yeah it's wild it's wild all right so we talked about Titus, who is the other main character and the one that we mainly play as. We are seeing a lot of the story and learning right along with him. Uh, he's a rising star Blitzball player from Xanarkand and son of major Blitzball star Jekt. After Sin attacks his hometown, Titus is transported to the world of Spira. Lost, confused, and seemingly out of place, Titus meets Yuna and her guardians. He hopes that joining Yuna on her pilgrimage, he will find his way home. Titus is upbeat and initially childish and naive to the world of Spira. He is also selfless and do what he believes in right is right, even if he doesn't think it all the way through first. Throughout the pilgrimage, he matures and becomes more level-headed and grounded. One of my favorite lines is, This is our story. Now let's see this thing through together. Ugh, just... I just got chills. I just got chills hearing it. Because mm. <laughs> I get I can... post production insert. I found the audio clip where specifically he says that this is our story, and it is right before a big boss battle. So I wanted to include all the lines surrounding it because I feel like it just adds to the level of intensity. No, my audio is not glitching out. This is actually how it acts in the game because of the area that you're in. So, here we go. Now! This is it! Now is the time to choose! Die and be free of pain! 
or live and fight your sorrow. Now is the time to shape your stories. Your fate is in your hands. Yuna needs Kimari. Kimari protect Yuna. Well, I'm fighting. I can't believe we're gonna fight Lady Unaleska. Give me a break. You can always run. Ah. I'd never forgive myself. No way. Not if I ran away now. Even in death, yeah? Uh, my thoughts exactly. Yuna! This is our story. Now let's see this thing through together. I, I pretty much feel that way every time I hear uh, something a voice line delivered by James Arnold Taylor, which is why I get chills anytime I play Ratchet Clank as well. <laughs> oh. He does turn more serious when things get hectic, and despite his carefree ways, conceals a troubled past. Titus is sensitive, and even when giving an emotional response to most of his arguments, tends to also give a good rationale. Despite having been picked on throughout his childhood by his blitzball-playing father, Titus was motivated to become a top star himself. To Titus's dismay, he has similarities to his father, who tended to ignore responsibility, take things easy, and never worry about the present situation, instead of leaving things for the future. A lot of Titus's personality is shaped by the comments he used to receive from his father, and how he grew up to resent him. Despite having been verbally offensive, at heart, Jekt was proud of his son and his resolve. Titus confronts his childhood and his relationship with his father when living out his new life in Spira, and matures from a self-centered and outspoken athlete to a selfless hero. I feel like in the pantheon of Square Enix JRPG protagonists, Titus kind of fell from grace for a while and I felt like a lot of people hated on him and only recently has kind of like risen up above the the Vons and the you know um where where do you where did you stand with Titus the first time you played FF10 hmm the first time I was like he's a whiny little kid yeah. And I kind of put him in that category for a while. But then I replayed it about three years ago mm-hmm. and was just like, Jacked was an asshole. He's such an asshole. Dude is a drunk. Like, he's a drunk. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know that there's been another similar character in Final Fantasy they're just like yeah this guy's an abusive alcoholic like who wow. cheated on cheated on his wife sure uh, and while okay he didn't intend to walk out the door and never come home I sure. could have seen that being part of his personality down the road right right I mean yeah okay you can make the argument that they're all figments or dreams or whatever but still the emotions are real <laughs> Mhm. Yeah. yeah. I I feel I felt the same way when the first time I played it. I was like, who's this whiny little blonde kid? I don't care. He's just like, you know, he's going him saying like this is my story, you know, like I I I didn't like him. I 
I didn't like his, I mean, look, it was 2001. <laughs> it was a different time. Um, it, you know, I didn't like, I never liked his design. I thought he was, he's very fashionable. He's very, you know, uh, I don't know. He was, he did not fit the mold of a masculine early 2000s male mm. protagonist, right? Yeah. Um, which at the time was very different. But, you know, now that I look back on it, and and I similar I had a very same experience. I played it when the remakes came out, um, and I I saw myself much like when I put, replayed Final Fantasy VIII. I saw myself being like, "What a wild!" Like, of course he would react this way. He's a seventeen year old, and he's being thrust into this like crazy world where nothing makes sense. And again, like he he loses it when no one when he finally finds out that Yuna's gonna die it's because nobody fucking told him like all they could have done was tell him I don't know why I'm so upset about that but that like that really got me the second time I played this I think you know the whole reason for not saying anything is because it's part of that keeping the distance if we don't talk about Yuna dying then maybe it won't happen yeah and yeah. so of course it's not brought up because it's all something that everybody understands and nobody talks about mm. Yeah, it's easier but, to ignore it. Yeah. But there were so many different opportunities. Like, he could have mm -hmm. just asked the simple question of, you know, like, how did Braska die? And that would have brought, that would have opened the conversation that once you become yeah. the high summoner and you do the final summon, you die. Yeah. <sighs> Overall, really good character. Really good. Um, he does. I think he he has such a he does ha he does grow a lot too in the mm -hmm. story. Like yeah. you can definitely see that in his character, and, and not all of them do. Every time, well, in the before times, uh, walking through a crowd of people and you hear a whistle, I would. Be, <laughs> <I'm> like, oh. <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about their love. We've talked about how they've grown separately, but how do they grow together? So, do we talk about the laugh? Should we start with the laugh for the last I, scene? I think so because that's when it kind of really solid. It's it start. It's it's the catalyst. It's the trigger point for them to actually yeah. become more than just friends. Yeah, I I agree because like when he sees her and be saved the first time, he's like, "Damn, right." But that's you know that's just whatever. That's that I agree. That's the first time. So. I think we, we talked about this a little bit before we pressed record, but like your your pro laugh scene. Mm -hmm. Same. So am I. And, you know, my my take on it is that scene is really important to show to to cut and to um, counter, I guess, the this this underlying sense of dread that everybody has. Right. And it goes back to the thing that we don't talk about the thing that, you know, we're doing this pilgrimage to, to, to sacrifice our friend slash surrogate daughter. Um, and it's awkward. Yes. It's awkward. Yes. It's weird, but that's the point, right? Mm -hmm. Like he's, he's saying, you know, it, that's, that's the delivery. It's, Hey, this is a really weird situation. Sometimes you just have to force yourself to laugh and, and if, if as if you do it long enough, you might actually laugh. And they're laughing at themselves being silly. They're children. They're seventeen. Yeah. So to describe the scene, something big and major has just happened, and they finally get to catch a breather, and all of the weight is kind of settling down. That now they've got to move forward 
on the pilgrimage. And Titus stops her and tries to pull her out of this melancholy by saying, just laugh with me. And he mm-hmm. starts off with this stupid ha, 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 ha. <laughs> like, nobody laughs like yeah. that. But it's funny. And even now, you yeah. laughed at me laughing that yeah. way because it's, it's funny. It's it's endearing. It's adorable. And everybody watches him because it's like, what's this weird kid doing? You know? And and then and then here's Yuna because she's the ultimate empath, right? The mm-hmm. the beacon, the paragon of society. She's like, I I don't want you to feel uncomfortable. I'm going to join you. Yeah, and so she forces herself to laugh along with him, mm-hmm. and then the real laughter comes through, and it's just <sighs> so good. It's amazing. It's adorable. So here we go. Here is the laughter scene. You know what? Hmm? It's embarrassing to say this myself, but summoners and their guardians are kind of like Spira's ray of light. A lot of people in Spira depend on us. I learned to practice smiling when I'm feeling sad, you know? I know it's hard. Yeah, I understand. I think. Right, now let's see what you can do. Huh? Come on. (laughs) This is weird. Next, try laughing out loud. What? Come on, show me. shouldn't laugh anymore. crazy sorry well then all right now we will go to the temple at jose and guardians don't forget to smile i think the other scene that we need to talk about is under the Mm -hmm. water hell yeah oh now that that i'm not going to sit here and defend (laughs) well okay i have two i have two i have I have two points of view. From an artistry's perspective, 
it's it's a very beautiful scene. I love Suteki Dane. That's an amazing song. It is it is up there with Eyes on Me from FF8. I'm a huge FF8 fan and fan if you couldn't tell. Um but having sex in water is weird. <laughs> but it's not water. That's a good that's a fair point. It's that weird like blitzball water mm-hmm. that isn't it's really It's water. Okay. Okay, well how is it different? Okay, it's actually a little bit weirder because those are dead spirits. Those, and... are, those are super dead spirits, yeah. <laughs> so having sex in a pool of ghosts is a lot weirder okay. than having sex in water. So, yep. So it's not a hot tub. It's a hot tub in a graveyard. Got it. Oh. Um, <laughs> yeah. I can't, I can't say that it's a good thing, but it is one of the most beautiful scenes i have Absolutely seen beautiful. in any video game um yeah. and and that game came out in 2001 maybe 2002 like it's amazing to think that it's over 20 years old and that cutscene is still really good yeah even playing it on old up. gen consoles it's still really good yeah yeah um definitely uh that was what got that was always the scene that was playing when my parents came down to, <laughs> to do the laundry and i was like uh, what are you doing ah! yep uh i was doing research watching <laughs> scenes for the podcast and uh my husband walked in while i was watching the miranda scene but i was trying to find like a very mm-hmm. specific moment so i was rewinding oh, sure. and watching the moment over yeah. and over again and he's You're like doing some butt scrubbing yes yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just like how many times are you gonna watch shepherd grab miranda's ass and i was like oh shit <laughs> as long as it takes exactly <laughs> um here's a question when you played this the first time jen what did you pick up because i didn't (laughs) did you pick up what what they were trying to say because obviously like final fantasy can't can't be like ah they're banging in water but like they're banging in water um no i i want to say that the first time that i played through it that Mm -hmm. i was definitely at the age where i didn't immediately think oh they were having sex i thought it was more of just a uh they were making out in the water but then seeing it later the way that their bodies swirl and intertwine Mm -hmm. together Mm -hmm. it's very very obvious what's going on Yeah. yeah for sure for sure um and kamari's there the whole time Let's not forget. Oh, Kamari, you were on, so don't watch. <laughs> ha, but Everyone's Kamari's not horny. Character. <laughs> yes, that's good. That's a really good joke. <laughs> oh, okay. Incredible. The way... So did you get the secret ending, or have you ever seen the final secret ending? For a the first 10 or 10 2 wait was it in 10 or was or am i mashing the games together where he are comes you back talk, that's 10 2 oh okay i'm pretty sure unless they did some weird they did some messing around with the remakes they might have but now the games have pretty much missed the the endings have mashed together for me yeah. i would also love to talk 10 2 um, uh absolutely With the way that the game ends, Mm -hmm. 
and Titus has gone through all like works out a lot of his trauma and yeah you know that needs to be acknowledged the fact that he works out his anger towards Jack a lot yeah i like that a lot um that last is, is it the i think it's when you when you get to the center of sin and you finally like and you see Jack and he's like i'm going to turn into a pokemon now but like Mm-hmm. I love you. And like, that's, that is a really good scene. And that's like the culmination of Titus, Titus's entire journey. And he's basically like, Hey, I still think you're kind of a bad dude and I don't really forgive you, but I know, I know you're just doing your best. And it was like, it was, it was him growing up in the sense that like he hit that point that I think everybody does with their parents where you go from them being this like infallible God to them just being a person, you know, Mm -hmm. and like seeing this, the spheres of them on their journey, you know, he was like, Hey, you're just a guy. You're just a, you're just a guy like me who like who messed up a bunch and you're just kind of like a shitty dude and that's okay. You know? And like, that was, it's such a, that's such a strong, I thought way to approach that and be like, I'm again, like I'm not, necessarily like i'm still mad at you but like we're cool (laughs) yeah i think that there was a slight level of it's i don't i don't have it in my heart to forgive you right now but i'm gonna release all the anger attached to it that's a that's a good way to put it yeah now i'm gonna get all sad (laughs) i know well, I mean, what 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 would a Final Fantasy game be if not for trauma and uh, killing God with the power of friendship, right? Yeah. Oh, okay. I think we should take a little bit of a mid-break, because I've got the normal pod stuff to talk about, and then we'll come back and talk about um, the weirdest relationship in this game between oh. Waka and Lulu. Real 180 coming up. Yep. (laughs) All right. Welcome to the middle of the show where we talk about everything about the show and nothing about the lore of the game we're discussing tonight. Ha ha. I would like to thank our Amazeball patrons. I love each and every single one of you. Toasty, Apollo, Shanko, Mystheos, Wynn, Bat Knight, Lizzie, and Rydell. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for being amazing shipsters, hopeless romantics that you are. We don't have any new reviews to read out tonight. It has been uh, a minute since we've gotten one. So if you have a little review that you'd like to leave us on iTunes, go ahead and show us some love. Five stars, please. Also, uh, Spotify still does not have ratings reviews available, but you can drop us five star on there. It'd be very much appreciated. Now, I was looking for fun facts, and a lot of it is just like lore stuff and like cute little things about the characters. But the one thing that I found out that was really cool about Titus and Yuna is that they won first place in Game Informer's magazine's Best Couple of the Year feature. I love this. I love this so much. February of 2009. That's like such a time capsule for that moment. The game came out in 2001. 
Yet eight years later is when they were still yeah. dominating as best couple. Yeah. I guess we could divert for a second and talk Final Fantasy uh, ten two, just because it's the continuation of Yuna's story, and it is such. It, it, I loved it. Like I had I fun I with that it game. It's a really good game. It's a really really good game. I I will tell you, I don't love playing FF ten. Like I, it's it's fine. Um, I'm very much like I like crunchy job systems and, you know, all the weird mechanics. So for me, like the battle system is very fine. In my opinion, it's very forgettable. So like FF4, mm-hmm. um, I remember like on my second playthrough, it was it even felt kind of a grind to go through it, admittedly, even as, as even though the story is like so good. 10-2, never have that problem. That game is a blast to play. Oh, yeah. And I mean, the different outfits and like trying to figure out the best ways to level this one and the party combinations. It's great. The grinding in 10 and how far you have to fucking walk to get anywhere. Yeah. I never need to play the Meehan High Road again. Right. Or Mushroom (sighs) Rock Road. Like those are just those are those are experiences that I'm good with for the rest of my life. Uh. Agreed. Major yeah. agreed. <sighs> but Ten Two Ten Two's got the greatest intro in the history of video games. Yes. The J pop song. The J pop song that threw me for an absolute loop. I was like, what yeah. is Yuna doing up there shaking her ass? Like I did not It's great. Changed the trajectory of my life. <laughs> <sighs> Can we talk about a thousand words? Yeah. I listen to that song. I listen to that song like regularly. Like I put Same. it on in my car the other day. Same. <sighs> it is it whips so... ass. And watch like just watching the video. It makes me tear up every single time. Yeah. My my favorite, my absolute favorite is when um, the other and I'm forgetting her name now, the 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 woman she's channeling i guess mm-hmm. when she does this who was originally this here um when they're both like singing together like her her force ghost shows up and there's yeah. and then unit unit takes the second part and she goes a thousand words and you see her her head bobble it's like oh. a thousand words i love that i love that so much there's so much there's so much personality in that literal hills <laughs> oh. god Okay, so I had to go back and find the exact moment that Andrew was talking about where both characters are singing together. In the context of the game, Yuna finds an outfit sphere that allows her to communicate with the previous owner. Now, that lady is named Len, and... It makes such an impactful moment with everything going on that you see. I highly, highly suggest playing Final Fantasy X-2. You will not regret it. Now here is a portion of a song called A Thousand Words. And just the moment where they are both singing together.
even watching it again, just to record that little bit of the audio clip, it is so impactful. Let's get back into it. It's a good game. Guys, it's a good game. Go Everybody out. should go play. Yeah, go play the remake. It's they're bo- they're they're boxed together. You can get ten and ten too. It's like twenty bucks. You can get it on Switch. Just go do it. I'm gonna listen to that song after this episode. Yeah. Well, you're gonna need to listen to it after we talk about <laughs> Lulu and Waka. <laughs> right. I need. So we will go ahead and shift gears and mm-hmm. talk about the oddest pairing that I have watched unfold a dozen times and still don't understand after all these years. I love Lulu. I probably love Lulu a little bit more than I even love Yuna. And that's saying a lot. That's fair. I cosplay as Lulu. I literally right now. Like, yeah. (laughs) Oh, so I have Chapu on my list first to discuss because he is yep. somebody that needs to be acknowledged. Uh, but not 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 much is known about him because he passed onto the far plane before the events of the game. But he needs to be acknowledged as Waka's younger brother and Lulu's late boyfriend. He once told his friend that once his Blitzball team won the cup, he would propose to Lulu. So they were serious but also knowing his Blitzball team like I knew, maybe he wasn't all that serious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you're waiting you're for wrong. the Oryx to win, like, that's not yeah. going to happen, bro. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, that is that is a, a really weird thing to, like, a really weird thing to promise. And yeah, wow, maybe he knew the whole time. That yep. was just... He was just setting her up. (laughs) Incredible. All right. So Lulu, the amazing, amazing Lulu is gorgeous. And I, Mm -hmm. I'm, I can't even say like I had a childhood crush on her. No, because the crush has never left. Yeah. My, I, my crush was you. I, I, but Lulu, Lulu is great. And I, I support everyone's crush on Lulu. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so Lulu grew up in Besaid with Yuna and Waka and she views Yuna as a younger sister Lulu was Waka's brother Chapu's girlfriend and she still grieves over his death her stoic and self-possessed nature make her seem insensitive but conceals a gentleness underneath Lulu is stern and scathing particularly to Waka She is self-possessed and sardonic, moody and cynical, and does not smile often. She is nonetheless kind-hearted, caring, and intelligent, and is one of the few Yevonites to question the religion on objective terms. Having lost her lover to sin, Lulu has become reserved and prefers to keep her emotions locked up, choosing to examine the world with realism and logic. Agreed. Lulu is stoic and rarely breaks her stern demeanor. Though usually uncompromising, Lulu is close to Waka since they grew up together and comforts him when he is upset. Lulu also has a seductive side to her. If Titus expresses an attraction to her, she'll say that she'll add Titus to her list and wish him luck. Lulu's personality and figure inspire awe in the group's younger girls. Yuna confiding in her, 
and Riku wanting to be her when she grows up. <laughs> Even though she's like three years older than them, technically. Yeah. Isn't she like what? 23 or some some bullshit like that? I think I think Lulu is older than Riku. But not by much. Yeah, I remember the ages being always being really weird. Like Aaron is 32. Like Aaron is younger than I am, <laughs> which is just wild. <sighs> okay, Aaron's taken a beating, but looks way yeah. older than yeah. that. He looks like he's been smoking since he was six months old. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's been drinking for that long. So that's, that's probably what's done point. it. Yeah, he is also dead. So I guess all of these things are fair points. So, I mean, is, but that's the image that he wishes to project then, right? Yeah, that's that's a way to go with it. Yeah, no, you're right. Because they, if the, the, well, is that, but is that like a far plane superpower? Because he's not on the far plane. He's just like a wandering spirit or whatever. Even though he's not like, he doesn't turn into a wolf or a rock monster. He can be himself, but he doesn't have to go to the far plane to do that. But no one else can do that. Right. Final Fantasy Ten is weird. <laughs> It is very weird, and I'm totally going to nerd out on this for a moment, because when he dies, he's not that old. He's not the Auron that we see. So he chooses this projection as what he wants to be seen as. He he ages himself up, yeah. Yeah. Why? But no one... And I don't don't know. Well, is that that him? And how does he... (laughs) How does he go in and out of scary dream sin world if he's dead? And so, like, he projected himself as that in Scary Dreamson world. But he, like, came out of it, and he was still that. Mm. But if he can do that, why can't Chapu do that? And just, like, be like, hey, Lulu, you don't have to marry this weirdo. Because maybe Chapu was born of Spira, and since Oren was born <laughs> of Xanarkand, he's got Xanarkand powers? Was he? I don't... Is that right? I thought Oren was born of Spira, too. Is he was just like, wasn't he just like Braska's buddy? I, mm, he was. Okay, wait a minute. Shit. Theory busted. Did we just blow this whole thing wide open? Final Fantasy X, y'all. It's a weird, <laughs> weird ride. <laughs> uh. Uh, I think Lulu is most known for, in like the gaming world, as having the biggest boobs. And the most belts of any belts on belt. She's got she's got more belts than Kingdom Hearts. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, She fills the belt quota because I don't think Titus doesn't have a belt. Uh, So that question was posed once. What Final Fantasy character isn't wearing belts? Well, Titus only has one pant leg. (laughs) He's he's one half pants and one half shorts. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, the fashion in this game is the weirdest. Oh, don't see uh, you anymore. You you silly, you silly bastard. <laughs> okay, uh, let's let's go, Mister Parachute Pants, and talk about Waka. Mm. Okay, All right. I know we have to though. We have to. We have I'm to. sorry. Let's get through it. Let's get through it. Okay. Waka is the captain of the Poseid Aurex, a team that has never won a game. His late brother Chapu was a crusader who lost his life while wielding a Machina weapon. For this, Waka harbors resentment for Machina 
and bigotry towards the outbed who use them, and his staunch following of the teachings of Yevon, which forbid Machina, to further rationalize his hatred. This grudge extends to borderline racism, and his yeah. worldview does broaden a little during Yuna's pilgrimage, and despite his bigotry, Waka is a loyal friend. Waka is would be considered Austronesian descent in our world, which is a family of languages spoken in an area extending from Madagascar in the west to the Pacific Islands in the east. I had no idea that that was even a thing. I, that's cool. Yeah, I, I'd never heard that term before. Neat. Yeah. Austronesian. Uh, he is characterized by his Besaid Island accent, and he uses speech mannerisms like brada for finishing and finishing his sentences with ya. Yeah. Everything Waka says is a question, ya. Yeah? yeah. My my only analog to Waka when I played this in 2001 was the guy from Rocket Power. <laughs> Tito oh. from Rocket Power. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, I mean, he is a combination surfer boy, like mm -hmm. California surfer with a uh, Hawaiian accent and the weirdest peacock hairstyle. Yeah, it defies gravity itself. It does. Um, I always found it funny that it's cool that he he has that that speech and he has that accent it is very funny that no one else in BC talks like that. So for the game to categorize it as a Besaid accent, Yuna's from Besaid, Lulu's yep. from Besaid, almost all the other orcs are from Besaid. Nope. None of them talk like that. Nope. Does, Cha does Chapu talk like that in his hollows? I can't remember. Um, I can't remember if he even, if we hear, do we hear him when they go to the far plane? Or is he just like... There. Not when we go to the far plane, but there is a hollow sphere that you can pick up where um, oh. in like one of the little caverns off to, off the beach that ha right. that is of Chapu. Right, you're right. Also, it is pointed. It is referenced to by many characters in the game that Titus and Chapu look a lot alike. I don't mm -hmm. see it. I don't no. see it at all. No. I don't I don't think you can I don't think you you get to have Titus and Chapu look alike and then have Chapu and Waka look like brothers. I don't think you get both. Yeah, he definitely looks related to Waka. Sure. Yeah, I'll buy that. But he doesn't look like Titus. They might be the same height. <laughs> They're both 17 year old males. Sure. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there there are seven people on Besaid, so I guess that's fair. <laughs> Which might explain why Lulu and Waka end up together. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. Slim pickings. <laughs> With her level of stoicism and reservedness and... But also very motherly and caring. Like, mm. I don't see how she is with Waka at the end of this. He's so... Yeah. He's insufferable. Yeah, through the whole like through the whole game, like I found as much as I enjoyed much as much as I found uh, Titus, excuse me, in my second run, I equally disliked Waka the whole time. 
like up until the Unalesca fight, he's insufferable and he 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 is against the entire party the whole time. Yeah. And uh, the notes said borderline racism. No, he's just straight up fucking hates the Albed. Yeah. Yeah. He's so mean to Riku, who's like the the uh, becomes the life of the party after you get her. Mm hmm. Do you why do you think that they would have forced this relationship in there? Honestly. Okay, so, you know, like, you know, the trope in rom-coms where the two main protagonists end up together and then like each of their like annoying friends end up to get like hook up at the wedding you know what i mean Mm. that to me read as that it was just like honestly for convenience like well they're there why not i don't know uh now i just started pairing everybody else up together and i don't like what came out (laughs) who's kamari with well, that, I was like, Riku, because she's at least jumped up into his arms and gave him a big old hug once before. Right, right. And Auron doesn't survive the end of the game. Yeah, yeah, that's all. those are all your options. So, yeah. yeah. It's not like Waka was going to get together with Riku. That wouldn't... No, no, no. I mean, he's he hated it. He went through that whole game being incredibly aggressive to, towards her, so... Yeah. Um... Yeah, it's it's weird and uh it sucks that they're like together and she's like pregnant. I feel like when you go when you go to see <laughs> I know you the I'm pregnancy. So, oh you oh. real Yeah, when you when you when she's pregnant and be said and intend to it it and you're like you're playing as Yuna and you've been like flying across the world and you come back to visit your older sister in in your shitty hometown and she's pregnant with her shitty husband like and you're as you know you're like i need to get the hell out of here as soon as possible like uh okay it's rough it is it is very very rough one i okay yay for make for get having a female character in game mm-hmm. be pregnant and have it not end her life there like in a lot of other media as soon as a woman has a baby now i am mom and mom only and don't do anything else that's fair so i appreciate the fact that she gets she still gets to have a life what i don't like is the fact that you are going to make one of the most badass looking characters pregnant but not visibly pregnant Okay? Yeah. I have a child. I have corseted for like half of my life. Never (laughs) once did I possibly think that I could corset while pregnant. No, that's that's insanity. That's a game written by men. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. That's very much it. And the fact that their reasoning for not giving her a pronounced belly is they didn't want to take the time to create a new asset. Sure. Sure. You created new assets for Riku looks different. Yuna looks different. You introduced pain. Well, I was going to say in their defense, they did create a new asset. They created pain. Ah. (laughs) 
I like Payne, but like obviously, like it's very clear that Payne was just Lulu. Yeah. Also. Uh, back into Final Fantasy. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, so I don't understand how the relationship between Lulu and Waka works out. There was no flirtation during 10 there was it was very antagonizing they so i guess there is that it's it's a middle school romance it's it's an elementary school playground yeah well and and what makes it so not believable is if anything their relationship is familial like they and and lulu very much is like has this like older sister kind of like surrogate mother role with yuna and Waka pretends that he has like an older brother father role. So like you could you could squint your eyes and maybe turn the camera 45 degrees and, and say, OK, they ha- maybe they have this like father and mother thing going on. But like even all of that, they don't like each other. They don't get along at all. And it's not even like where it's not even where it's like oh you like it's just no they just like they don't gel at all Mm -mm. they don't and lulu questions their religion and waka is like no die hard everything Mm. live the the scripture by the book by the letter uh waka is a blitzball player and i don't even think you can put lulu out on the field (laughs) You know, it just things just don't make sense to me. Yeah. They gave us one of the best video game romances ever with Titus and Yuna. So they're allowed to have a shitty one. (laughs) (laughs) The almighty game informer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think we did Final Fantasy good. We'll have to come back and... uh, talk about 16 when it gets here oh yeah who okay real quick off the cuff if yuna and titus are the best couple ff couple who's the second best uh baltier and what fran they're not like i think the it's not a romantic relationship but yeah their level of devotion and friendship to each other is top notch. Yeah, I like that. That's that's a good answer. They're they have one of the most real, like re- believable, long standing friendships, and they are like truly like partners in however way you want to define that. Yeah, I like that answer. Um, I was gonna say, I think my. I think my initial answer is I I do I like Gual and Renoa not because I think they're a good couple but I like them as characters and I like how they grow together. Um, um, there's also some characters in FF14 that I think um, there is. Uh, have you played FF14 at all? No. Okay. There's there are two characters where like the one character is very much he never they never come out and say that he's gay but like everybody it's kind of one of those things it's like under it's kind of just everyone's assumed and they did a really nice thing in the in two was it two um 
expansions ago where they they brought this other character on who's kind of like a periphery and like they're like oh yeah they're really close and they're they're they he's like he they've learned from each other and he's like they is like i really respect you and you know it's they can't mm-hmm. they're not mm-hmm. saying it but they're like okay they're good good on you good you you did the thing so they're swirling underwater together they're swirling underwater together and it's it's very it's very it's very nice in its very understated way but anyway uh bat knight in chat says of course there is a classic um cloud and Aerith. cloud and Aerith. um yeah cloud and Aerith, except for (laughs) also zach and Aerith. yeah (laughs) i'll be interested what uh we've got not only do we have 16 but we've got um the second ff ff7 remake coming out too so i'll be curious how zach fits in all that well so we might they might rewrite that history who knows who knows we'll have to wait and see all right uh before we wrap it up for the night is there anything else that you want to shout out or plug where can the people find you yeah uh, uh once again i am one fourth of debate this so you can find debate this at any on any podcast app, we are a comedy show. We talk about games and comics. We ask wild questions and we all come to the table with some sort of uh, fun, goofy answer. It's a good time. Um, yeah. Any podcasting apps. We're also on YouTube as well. Um, just search debate this cast. All of our episodes. We are up to date as of last week. And then uh, you can also occasionally find us streaming again at debate this cast on Twitch. I watched them play through Doki Doki Literature Club. I oh my laughed my ass off when they discussed turn a random game into a uh, a dating sim. <laughs> there, there was a uh, I forget the name of the game, but it was there was it was some pro bass fishing game that became very very horny. Yes. <laughs> A lot of your episodes become very, very horny. horny. I feel a lot of crossover yeah. with our shows. <laughs> I, I agree. There is um, unwan- a lot of unwarranted horniness. Thanks, Todd. <laughs> Thanks, Todd. <laughs> oh, and if you like what you're hearing, please be sure to leave a review on iTunes or give us a rating on Spotify and also the guys over at Debate This. Subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also find me on the Cyberpunk Lorecast with my co-host, Toasty, where we explore the foundations of the past, the state of Night City today, and the news of the future for all things cyberpunk. And of course, you can find me in our Two Girls, One Ship channel, on the Robots Radio Discord, and in our own Discord server, where we nerd out on all of our favorite CGI significant others. Come give us a follow on all the social medias and on patreon.com slash twogirlsoneship. Please remember that you have to type out the whole word because I create adult content and therefore can't be searched. Links to those are in the description. Be sure to check out our live streams on Twitch on Fridays normally at 7.30 p.m. Pacific, 10.30 p.m. 10.30 p- Eastern. Our podcast episodes release on Mondays because you need at least one good thing on a Monday. So thanks for listening. And remember that beauty is in the eye of the controller.
you a fan of Elden Ring? Are you confused about the lore as pretty much everyone else? We've got you covered. Check out the Elden Archives, a lore podcast that helps to explain every little confusing detail about the lands between. Things like what exactly happened on the Night of the Black Knives, or what we really know about characters like Nicola. Just like the show you're listening to now, we're on the Robots Radio Network, so you know it'll be good. Wondering how to find the show? Easy. Either go to robotsradio.net or search Elden Archives on whatever podcatcher you're using right now. Bookmark the show for later, and we'll see you in the lands between. Again, that's The Elden Archives, a FromSoft Lorecast, available everywhere.